It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Postcast after the Utah Jazz put on a dominating performance against the Brooklyn Nets, winning their 10th in a row. So many different things to talk about. It's almost hard to understand how good the Jazz are right now, and we're talking about it on Postcast. Postcast is brought to you by the store at 6200 South and 20th East. Also located at the Gateway. Stop by for all your shopping needs and find out Utah's own, as they have Utah's local setup there. Chat rooms are open for you. David Locke along with Ron Boone. We are live for you on Locked On Live on Facebook, on Twitch, and on YouTube. We are also live for you today on Locked On Sports on Facebook as well as on Periscope. And we are different audio tonight. Hopefully you can hear us all right. Uh, Ron Boone, what are your thoughts? My thoughts is, David, we have a very good basketball team. Uh, and, and Quinn has to be very excited about what he has and, and how uh, he can put guys out there on the floor that can play well for him. I mean, it, what's, what's really nice to hear when you go into coaches' meeting and you hear the opposing coach talking about, well, we have a, we're really playing a very good basketball team tonight. They do this well, they do that well, that type of thing. How much respect I think the Jazz are, have generated around the league, not just from fans and our fans in particular, but from opposing coaches and players. Ron, I think what every person listening right now wants you to take that the next step. They want to know how good. What do you mean by a good team? Do you mean title contender? Do you mean what do you mean by good? Well, I'm going to wait to put put that out as well until we start playing some of the Texas teams. We have not played any of the Texas teams or the Denver Nuggets. Uh, and, you know, that's what 16 about 20 games there that we'll have to play against those teams there. That measuring stick, I think, is going to be against those teams. But we're good enough, and, and uh, well, to get to that second round right now looking without even you know playing those other teams but this is a very good collectively a very good basketball team for those of you wondering on the audio tonight we are aware on the audio uh that i'm coming to you uh we don't have our regular headset set up tonight so that's part of it we also are by the way just for those that are on the live show we are always a um only what the feed we have from our internet feed in the building uh, to our quality. So we will do the best we can. We understand the audio is a little different. You can always hear it live, though, uh, if you or on the postcast on the Utah Jazz, uh, on, excuse me, on Locked on Jazz. You can get it also at utahjazz.com slash Locked on Jazz uh, whenever you have an audio problem. Uh, there's a bunch of heroes to talk about tonight. Uh, really, I, I mean, actually, everybody from Tony Bradley holding down the fort so that we're not negative when he's on the floor to Rudy Gobert with what I thought was six minutes of the best defense I've ever seen him play. Ben Anderson on the postgame show points out, the Jazz went on a 12-2 run. Everyone wants to talk about the 12. It's the two. They <laughs> held him to two points in five minutes. Yeah, he was so dominant, blocking shots and and and, and just stopping guys from getting to the rim. And, and you heard him say there when he, you, you had the little interview with him is, is that he knows that guys don't want to come at him. And so all he does is getting their way. And, and, and His comment was, they are scared. Scared, yes. <laughs> I didn't want to go there, but yeah. He, he said, said it. they were scared. Yeah. It's a quote of the night. Why don't you use it? <laughs> but he knows that, you know, that he's he, he really makes a difference in the paint when guys getting to the rim. Well, the Jazz, and, and it was incredible. He had one play that was basically a 24-second shot clock violation 
all because of him. And it was interesting in our post-game interview where he basically said, I, I knew it. Like, I knew they were completely out of sorts. We knew they are off because of his presence. It's got to be an amazing feeling to be an NBA player. And really, from a defensive standpoint, there are probably five or seven offensive players in this league who can dominate for five or six minutes. There might only be one defensive player in the league who can dominate a game for five or six minutes the way he just well, did. One player in the league where the guys are scared to go at him, you know, it's, since he wants to, you know, put it that way. But, David, he is, he, he, his presence there and, and uh, of keeping guys from getting to the rim. And, and obviously the Nets want to play fast. They want to jack up threes, want to get there, but they want to get into the paint. And what's so impressive is that when, he, when they drive to the basket, they're looking weak side. Uh, they're not looking to score that often unless they have a huge advantage. Uh, and, and Rudy just really makes a difference. I'm, I'm not sure how many points in the paint they had tonight. And I think they actually had a lot because they were only yeah. 8 of 26 and 3. Yeah. So where points in the paint is kind of a funky number because you actually don't want them taking threes. Yeah. They end up they, having 58. They're actually, they took a lot of mid-range shots on a team that actually has one of the better offensive shot distributions in the league. I mean, talking about bending a shot chart. The other one that's amazing to me, the Jazz offensive rating tonight was a 120. Okay, Locke, you're into your geek stats. Yeah. But 120 is the best. Like, 115 is the best of the league. There's nothing ex- truly exceptional on this box score tonight. Like, if you look at what the Jazz did tonight, they shot 50% from the field, which is great, and Rudy was 9 of 12, and Joe Ingles was exceptional, but Royce O'Neal was 0 for 5. They shot 36% from 3. That's below their season average. It's one of their actually less good shooting nights. Mm-hmm. They went 13 of 15 from the line, which is good, but it's not a lot of free throws. They didn't turn the ball over, which is good. That's actually new to them. They didn't have an inordinate amount of offensive rebounds. Like, there's nothing truly crazy in that box score tonight, and their offensive rating's a 120. That's amazing. Now, looking at that, whereas the Brooklyn Nets shoot 50% from from the field, they get 107 points, 22 assists, and and still lose. And not only lose, this game was not close. Well, there was Especially after that second quarter, it wasn't close. Yeah, the Jazz led by a great deal. Donovan Mitchell's fourth quarter, he had 14 points after a night where he struggled. It's just another sign of how, how good he's getting. Yeah, after that, what, four points there in the first half, uh, he had to change shoes. Yes. He, the shoes that they put on the yellow shoes, and all of a sudden he starts to catch fire. And, and he missed some little shots there in that first half that was close enough, coming up short on a number of occasions. But once he saw the ball go in in the second half, then things start to change. And once he saw what the defense was really jumping, trying to beat you over the top of the screen and really jumping ball side, I mean screen side, and giving him that alley to get all the way to the basket. What did he get, three layups in a row, it seemed like, over the top of, of, of Allen trying to block his shot. And he just saw it go in, and all of a sudden it's the Donovan Mitchell show. The Donovan Mitchell show, and then the final one with the best for last, Joe Ingles. Yeah. Yeah. The, Jazz, the Jazz, from an offense standpoint, just took over this game on a pick and roll between Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert for a long stretch of the game. Joe Ingles had 27 his career high. He was conduct, had the ball with him. He was he was absolutely terrific tonight. Six for eight from the three-point line. Uh, ended up with four assists, uh, but and that little floater. I mean, he was, he was very offensive-minded tonight. Some nights he's not, some nights he is, but he saw that, you know, he, he was – he had it going, and he can get into the paint either. And anytime he gets into the paint, that just it, it, that works two ways. It, if the defender thinks, okay, I'm not going to give Rudy a dunk, and I'm going to challenge Joe Ingles, then Rudy gets a dunk. 
I mean, it, one or the other is it, going to happen because Joe does a great job of, of setting himself up and putting himself in a position where that defender has to make a, a, a decision, and a lot of times it's the wrong one. Jazz win it tonight, dominating. This was a this game opened as a one-point line. It moved to three, and the Jazz were up by double figures virtually the whole second half and were just way better than Brooklyn. This is quite something to watch. They well, they have won 10 in a row. They are the 10th Utah team to ever win 10 in a row, 11th in franchise history, the second one since 2009, and uh, doing it in all sorts of different ways and different manners. Thanks for tuning in. Apologize for the audio. It's my bad. Ron's not at fault. You probably could have figured that out. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter, so it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.